Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, episode 24. Tori Krug returns with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on our new home, the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink and download the new Inside the Rink app to get everything on the website right on your phone. And now Smitty has a quick word from our new show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and NFL betting lines up for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BetUS.com with the promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. That is BETUS.com for your sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. And let me tell you, the Celtics, now the underdogs against the Nets in the uh, in the first series there after New Jersey uh, beat the pants off the Cavaliers tonight. So, Are they? they so they're the two playing the seven, they're the underdogs? They are the underdogs. That it looks like right weird. now... The Nets are plus, uh, sorry, minus 120, and the Celtics are plus 105. So it's close, but they are still yeah, a, wow, still an underdog. Yeah. Wow. I, wow. That's that's incredible. And if you took your advice, if people took your advice from last week and bet the Blues because of the Benders podcast jinx, then you won some big-time dough tonight. Yeah. You did. I mean, we're yeah. trying to look out for our listeners. We're trying to, you know, hook up our sponsors. You know, let's yeah. let's do let's have some action. Let's make some bets. Let's let's you know win some money for the people. Yeah, absolutely. And let's listen to this weekend review, you rich bastards. <laughs> April eighth uh, <laughs> at the Lightning. It started out with a two to one win in overtime. It was a good win. They all they all played for a good chunk of the of the game, but found a way to win. Jake DeBrusque, a great two hundred foot play to help set up the coil winner. And the week started out in a good note. Yeah, it was. It was a good win. Uh, Allmark was really good in that game. Like you said, the the Tampa Bay did carry the play for, for a decent part of the game. But uh, the Bees did find a way to win, so that was that was nice to see. And, uh, you know, the rest of the week was downhill. It was, and it began downhill April the 10th, two days later at Washington. A 4-2 to loss. This was a frustrating game. It just seemed like the Bruins had some... Some bad puck luck and just unlucky. You know, the the capital score on a goal by Eller that bounces off Holler and goes in. And then Martian has a great chance and it hits a leg and doesn't go in. So it's just one of those games. And, of course, the Caps, chippy, dirty, and all those things. And any game at Washington is always frustrating, it seems, over the years. But the Bruins really miss David Parsonark on the power play. And we'll talk about, more about that later. The Bruins are inept with a goalie pull as well they just can't generate anything going and it was just a tough loss on a matinee on, on Saturday against Washington yeah there was a couple of bou- bad bounces that were the turning point in the game Marshan has has the empty net that hits Dowd's leg and the puck stays out and then Eller hits Hall's skate and the puck goes in so I mean a little bad bad luck there the power play let them down they had plenty of chances so that's something that really needs to get going if the Bruins are going to do anything in the postseason the physicality of the Caps seems to be their recipe for beating the Bruins and I think part of that physicality is they're just going to run around and just board people at every 
opportunity <laughs> just with right. just with just right. without any with a total disregard for the rules let's just let's just send people face first on the boards just hit them from behind so it seems like every time the Bruins play that team someone gets injured and in this time it was Grizzlick's turn hopefully he's okay he missed the game against uh, St. Louis so it was a tough loss and I, I thought the Bruins deserved better in that game I thought so too. I mean, they played really well for good chunks of that game and just, you know, some, some unlucky, you know, puck bounces, like you said, and just, um, just didn't, just didn't get it done on Saturday. And then of course, tonight, the return of Tory Krug, St. Louis comes in, it's a four to two loss. And I thought that the Bruins played exceptionally well for like 10 or 12 minutes of that second period where they just dominated, uh, couldn't score. Thomas Nosek had two cross the crease opportunities where he'd never got a stick on them uh, and fell flat on his face, I think, on the second one. So that was that was discouraging. He hasn't scored in 41 games. So, and tonight that continued. But the Bruins continued, I thought, the play pretty well. And then Trent Frederick takes a penalty on a rough. You could question it. He did take the helmet off and there was a scrum. Didn't look like it was a ton of there. Maybe you could have matched it. But still, Krug scores. And then Tarasenko scores, and then Tarasenko scores again. It just goes downhill from there, and the Bruins didn't have much pushback. Yeah, they. I mean, they played pretty well, you know, in the second leading up to when Frederick takes the stupid penalty. First of all, he looks like an absolute bozo. He goes to hit Tarasenko. Tarasenko's ready for him, drops him on his ass, laughs in his face, mm-hmm. and then he gets up and tries to start a scrum. And I believe it's an automatic penalty when you take someone else's helmet off. So I think that's, that's okay. what it was. And then he was benched by Cassidy for that. After that, it's all downhill. And then Marchand and Coyle with two offensive zone out by their own blue line turnovers lead to odd man chances the other way, and Tarasenko buries them both. You can't give good teams odd man rushes when you turn the puck over high in your own offensive zone. And, mm-hmm. and they're veteran players. I mean, it's just stupid, stupid play by guys mm-hmm. who should know better. Mm-hmm. So Swayman was better, so I think that's a positive. You know, the four goals doesn't show it, and the save percentage doesn't show it, but I, he seemed like he was a little bit better in this game. But it was a tough loss against a, a hot Blues team. I, think, I believe they've won six in a row now, maybe seven in a row. Yeah, tough yeah. loss against a good team. Yeah, yeah they're red hot, and, and they played like it tonight. But, you know, and like you said, Swayman, and of course, he gives up a goal 34 seconds in. It wasn't his fault. Two on one, bad odd man rush. But it seemed like they had six or seven odd man rushes. And, and there were times when Swayman made great saves on them, or a defenseman would make a one. There was one play from behind the net where Swayman actually tipped the puck free. He had the wherewithal to do it, or someone was wide open in the slot. So there were some defensive breakdowns again. Of course, your defense is is beaten up. I mean, Carlo left the game, didn't return. Grizzlick is out, and Lindholm is out. So it's you know you're you're really mixing and matching there. And when you go down two games in a row now, they've gone down defensemen so that they're at five defensemen for a good chunk of the game. And that's just not a recipe for success at all. And Cassidy in the post game did say that he was very disappointed, very frustrated with Frederick for that, for that penalty, because that was a momentum changer and they had all the momentum in the world. They couldn't get the third goal, which I thought would have been a huge difference in the game. Mm -hmm. But if you just waited it out a a bit longer and you kept that momentum a bit longer, you may get one there. 
and then it may be a different result. But it was just disappointing tonight. And Cassidy was livid after was. the game. You I mean, could tell, he like called out Coyle. He called out Frederick. There was steam was coming out, out of his ears in the in the post game presser. Like oh, yeah. he was livid. He was really really angry at the. Yeah. He called the power play selfish. I mean, mm-hmm. he was pissed off. Mm-hmm. I've yeah, no, I've I've seen him call guys out. And be like, we got to be better. But you could tell, like, there was an undercurrent of like frustration and like anger at the way the team performed from the, I guess, mid end of the second through the end of the game. So yeah, and they were just sloppy. And yeah. like you said, inside the your own inside the offensive blue line is a terrible place to turn the puck over. Mm-hmm. You know, because then they're going the other way. You're flat footed. Yeah. Everybody's deeper in the zone, mm-hmm. waiting for you to pass the puck or shoot it or something. And Coyle made just a terrible play. Yeah. That's just an awful play. And then gets tied up with a stick, can't get back. Three on one. I mean, that's just not that's that's a goal every single time. Yeah, especially um, with a guy like Tarasenko shooting it. Oh yeah, I mean, you gave him two opportunities wide open to score goals. He's going to score them. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Seven Chirps now sponsored by Lops Brewing. Lops is a brewery and tasting room da- in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week. You can use the coupon code Sports to get ten percent off your online order. So just go to lopsbrewing.com and follow them at Lops Brewing for new beers and events. Number one, how much longer can the Bruins continue to run Nick Foligno out there? <laughs> well, let me say this. First of all, I was a proponent of running him out there in the playoffs, and right. I, I'm not sure that you can do that. I, I, I mean, so. he's just, he's not offering anything, no. and he's taking penalties. Not tonight, I don't think, but in the last two games, he's taken taking penalties. And if you're not chipping in anything else, like mm. that's a negative. Like you want the fourth line to just be an energy line, you hit, you grind it out, you keep the puck down low, generate some chances. Maybe you pop one every now and again, but he's hurting them. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm ready to see Anton Bleed, Oscar Steen. You could put Mark McLaughlin there if you want to. Doesn't matter to me, but somebody needs to play there. Uh, that's not him right now, in my in my opinion. Tonight there was a second period shift that was unbelievable with no sick in Felino. Yeah, that it was unbelievable, and it was the best shift of Felino's you know, season, I think. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I mean, you're right. He doesn't, he doesn't have the legs. He doesn't have skating ability. He doesn't have a lot of skill. He's not providing physicality. He's not feisty. He's not doing any of that. He's not doing anything to keep him in the lineup. And he's taking penalties. Like you said, they have a real issue because Frederick is now, I think against good teams, you're going to see him, Hit a, hit a wall here. You know, he's, he's, you're going to have to make a decision on Frederick and him. And I like what I've seen out of McLaughlin. Yeah. So maybe you give him another seven or eight games here toward the end of the year and just see what you have in him. And maybe you use him. You know, I think you have to, probably. Problem is, is that Felino's contract is, you know, $3.8 million. It's hard to sit a guy. Absolutely right. making that kind of money, and he's got two more years left. And it's just, that's just an albatross right now. So, I, yeah, I think Felino. You just keep waiting for him to to settle in on on any particular line and just provide some physicality, get to the front of the net, have it hit off you. Do like Nick Ritchie did for a small snippet when he was here. Get in front, have it hit you, mm, yeah. you know, screen the goaltender, that type of thing. And he just isn't doing it. No, and and that and you mentioned that Frederick and and that line hitting a wall. It's the whole line. It's not just him. Like Coyle's right. been bad. Smith's been, you know, he still gives you the energy, but that line as a whole, like the last handful of games, awful. Mm-hmm. Like it is tonight, terrible. The other night, not very good. 
The Tampa game, I don't believe they were very good in that one. Uh, Coyle scored, you know, the overtime winner, but you know that, that was with the brusque. Yeah, that was with the brusque yeah, three on right. three. It wasn't. Right. It wasn't five on five. So right. that line for a while has been kind of, you know, they were really hot and carrying things for a while mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. Um, when Marshan was out and so forth. But lately, they've been really bad. So you also that, have to look at the competition. Exactly. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. So now they're playing, what is it, seven out of the last nine? Or yeah, everybody's playoff teams. teams. Yep. Right. So now, like I said before with Frederick, like now you have, you're really going to see what he can bring against playoff teams. And right now it's not looking good. Like it's, and I know everybody was excited about Freddie and how we found a home there. Now I think, I think you're going to see, I, I'd like to see McLaughlin. I don't know if he can play the left side. I don't know any of that, but I'd like to see McLaughlin find a spot at least for the last, you know, nine games here. Chirp number two, how does college hockey vote for one goalie to be the best goalie in college hockey and a different goalie? To be the best player in college hockey seems odd. No, <laughs> it, does, it it does kind of seem odd. How does does how does how does one goalie beat the goalie who won the Hobie Baker Award? How does how does the goalie that wins the Hobie Baker Award not win the best goalie in college hockey? Yeah, does that make any fucking sense so at all? Dryden, Dryden McKay wins the Hobie. Dry McKay won the Holby, and then Devin right. Levi won the Mike Richter Award or whatever the fuck the it's called goalie. for the best goalie. That doesn't make any sense at all. None. Because wouldn't Devin Levi win the Holby? No, Derek Dry McKay would. Dry McKay would yeah. win the. Yeah. Well, yeah. So Dry McKay yeah. won the Holby, so he should have won the gold, the best, the best goalie right. award too. Right. Should have won them both. Right. But some, but, I mean, but somehow somehow Devin Levi from Northeastern fucking sneaks in there and and snags the Mike Richter award. So good for him. <laughs> good yeah. for Giant McKay like, for what of the the make him. But what an absolute joke. I mean, what an that's, absolute that's joke. Insane. That's like Aaron Rodgers winning the MVP and Tom Brady winning best quarterback. Like it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. Like they play the same position. Yeah. One's better than the other. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense at all. Trade number three, another college player, Georgie Merkelov, signed by the Bruins. Seems to be more than usual. Is it just me? They they've signed like a, a half dozen college players is you think this is going to be the route they take more than you know focusing on drafting i think they always try to focus on the undrafted free agents uh college free agents they have in the past and and guys have had success here so i think that breeds guys wanting to come to the bruins because they know the bruins will give them a fair shake and if they play better than a guy who was drafted they'll get into the lineup i mean it happened with kevin miller it happened with tory krug uh, it happened with Noel Lachari, it happened with Frank Vitorano. Like they've gone down the line and had it with a bunch of guys that have been undrafted and have come here and, and had pretty good careers. So right. I, I feel like it's something that they definitely do. I mean, it's a great hockey area with hockey East around here. So I'm, they see a lot of these kids, this guy, you know, an Ohio state guy. So they probably saw him you know, by watching Mason Lowry, who's one of their prospects out there, who who it sounds like, I guess, is going to go back for a sophomore season, which I think right. is a good decision. I think so, too. Uh, but, yeah, I, I feel like it's it's something that the Bruins kind of have a pipeline to the college free agents, and it, and it seems to work out pretty well for them. Yeah, three Buckeyes, Grant Gabriel, Mason Lowry is on there. So three three guys on the same team, and they made a real real resurgence. And, of course, Gabriel and, and Merkulov are now gone. And like you said, Lowry looks to be staying at Ohio State. But uh, you can go, go all the way back to Brian Smolinski, Michigan yes. State, when they signed him right. Uh, right before the playoff run. 
whatever the hell that year that was, 91 or whatever it was. He had a pretty 90. good yeah, He scored 20 goals for them, didn't he? He did. Year? I mean, he, and he went elsewhere, too. I mean, he had a decent NHL career. He did. All right, chirp number four. Does it matter who the Bruins face in round one? It absolutely does, 100%. Yeah. It, if it's if it's Carolina or Florida, oh boy, you're in big trouble. You're, you're in big too trouble. Too much offensive firepower for this defensive core in a in a either a rookie goaltender or an unproven goaltender to win four games against those two teams. They just score. They just they just are too high powered. Yeah, I mean the East. The East is absolutely stacked. I mean it's stacked. Yeah. So any team you face is going to be good. Even coming out of your own division, like. Would you want to face the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions as your that's your like best bet right now? That's it looks your best like bet. right, and and they're playoff tested and and may have been coasting through the season to just get to the playoffs and turn it on. Right. So right. That, I I don't know if that's exactly who you want to face, but that look right now it looks to be your best bet. Toronto's running circles around you, Carolina mm-hmm. and Florida just you every time you play Carolina you lose by four or five. Yeah, Florida is a wagon, and yeah. you know. Uh, Tampa, Tampa is your best bet. I mean, Tampa's which is, best bet. Yeah. which is, I mean, I'm not really sure that is a best bet when it comes down to it. And right now you're looking like with the injuries, the way they are and your competition going forward, you're looking like a wild card one at the best. I think, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you're going to be able to sustain and win enough games to get into that top three. So I think you're at wild card one. I really do. And then who's that Carolina? Yeah. I mean, you have. That's a terrible matchup. That's a terrible matchup. You haven't even touched them. You haven't sniffed them. Nope. They crushed you twice at home. Yeah. Every time you play them, you've been, you've gotten killed. Right. Killed. And you've had success in the postseason against them in the past, so they're probably hungry for you too. Yeah. Like my God, like that's not good at all. No, they want to shove it up your ass, one hundred percent. Yeah. They do. And that's not that's a recipe for disaster right there. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it's Tampa Bay, like you do, you are. But again, you know they're the defending two time defending champs. Like Jesus, like it's just not. In Toronto, everybody's saying, "Well, we'll just you know, just play Toronto again." And I don't think so. This this Toronto team just skated circles around you, and they're they're pretty hungry too. So I, I that that scares the shit out of me too. Toronto. Absolutely. I, mean, I, just, I don't care about the history. It just sticks. Yeah. I mean, the history, of, it's going to change at some point. It changed it Red Sox, Yankees. Like, some point, right. Toronto's going to break through. And it's right. probably going to be against you because you're the yes. one that's beaten them so many times. So they're, they're hungry to beat you. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, all right. Chirp number five. Oscar Steen is extended two years, $800,000 cap hit, one way contract. Are the Bruins moving on from Lazar, you think? I hope not. I mean, I, yeah. I, I hope not. I hope they find a way to keep Lazar around. Um, yeah. I hope it's something, you know, south of a million and a half and they can keep him around. But, I mean, he plays some center too. I would consider him instead of Nosek. Right. I thought Nosek's game was great early in the season. And all of a sudden, he turned into Danny Paye. He The guy has right. hands of stone all of a sudden. Connor Clifton and uh, Lazar set him both up for tap-in goals. Tap-ins, yep. And he didn't. Like one of them, it literally looked like he had his eyes closed. Yeah. Like he thought yeah. he was going to crash on the goalie, closed his eyes, put a stick on the ice, and was like, please let it hit my stick. Please let it hit my stick. No. Right. No. Nope. Yeah. You, I mean, <laughs> nope. that's why you haven't scored in 41 games, Thomas. Yeah. So it's been, it's been bad for him. And I'm with you. I liked him early in the season. I'm like, this is a good signing. Yeah. And now I'm looking back and I'm thinking, it's no. He's I still, know. I mean, he's still, he's still fine. Like he's still. I mean, he's still 
big and he generates chances and he's responsible defensively. He does all the right things. Isn't that Anton bleed? Like, isn't yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It's like, I would, I would rather have Lazar and someone else than McLaughlin, McLaughlin, what, whatever you bleed Steen. Yeah. You can put one of those guys there rather than, rather than no six. So if it if it was up to me, yeah, Steen in fine, but I would rather have Lazar and let no sick go. Yeah. And I think in history has shown with fourth liners that the Bruins get to a point where they move on and they bring the next guy up. Mm -hmm. And this is probably what they're doing. They're setting up for this. Now with Steen, this is sort of a look as, okay, Steen, this is your chance now. You're an NHL player in our eyes next year. Right. If you don't make it, then you're done because you'll yeah. have to clear waivers. We'll drop you down. Maybe someone picks you up, maybe someone not, but then you turn into Chris Wagner. Right. Like you're, you're done. If maybe it maybe out. it's a Johnny Beecher situation. Maybe he's the fourth line center next year because he's big yeah, maybe like Nosek is he plays a 200 foot game he has hands of stone as well so oh, sure. <laughs> so that's so that's uh so there you go he's a he's a big body <laughs> skates well right hands of stone yeah perfect Good. put him out there with a broken stick doesn't yeah. matter chirp number seven i'm sorry chirp number six do you miss tory krug tonight i did <laughs> you it would have been it would have been really nice if he was playing for the bruins tonight power play goal sure Played a bunch of minutes. <laughs> the Bruins had one top four D playing in the game. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I missed Tory Krug tonight. Mm-hmm. Over the course of his contract, maybe th- maybe last season and this season you miss him. But, you know, four or five more years at, what is it, seven and change? Five more years at seven something, yeah. Five more years at seven something? No, no, thank you. No, I no, and, and you know what? It, it's easy. It, one thing that some Bruins fans don't like is perspective, but we're going to use some <laughs> right now. Uh, he's he just missed ten games due to injury. Yeah. So one thing you're worried about is his body holding up, his physicality. He's a defenseman, undersized defenseman. Yeah. His whole game is power skating and offensive skill. Yeah. If he loses that and loses, then you're in trouble for the last you know, three years of the contract and it's 7 million. That's a lot. So there's that. I don't really miss him. I don't, I, I miss a, and I don't miss Chara. Like people will say, boy, boy, it'd be nice to have Chara or Krug or whatever. No, it'd be nice to have a better defenseman than you have. Correct. It doesn't necessarily mean it's Tory Krug, mm-hmm. you know, and of course he scores tonight, has an assist, plays well, but you can't over, you can't just overstate it and say, oh, geez, you know, they really could use Krug or they shouldn't have, they should have done this or shouldn't have done that. Maybe they shouldn't have let him walk. That I agree with. Shouldn't have got to that point. Fine. But I'm okay with him being gone. I am. And of course, your power play now sucks pond water. <laughs> so now when he's out there scoring power play goals, yeah. that's his wheelhouse. Yeah. You look even worse. You do. But again, it's perspective. It is perspective. And if he's still power play one, then Mac- McAvoy isn't. McAvoy doesn't take that jump. McAvoy doesn't have a 50 right. point season right. this, this right. season if Tory Krug's still power play one. So. Right. You have to look at it like that. McAvoy is growing into his game. McAvoy's 23. McAvoy's just stud. So he needs he to be playing the power. Right. Play. He needs to be that guy. And he's still learning. I mean, this is his, really his first year of full-time power play duty. So, right. you know, you got to cut him a little bit of slack there. Again, perspective. And uh, he'll grow into it. I mean, he right. his point totals have gone up each year. Give him a chance to to be the guy back there. And, and in the end, I think it'll pay off for them. Yeah, I do too. And then chirp number seven, injuries have become a real concern. Yeah, they are. I mean, it, there's no two ways about it. Every single game you play, you lose a defenseman. Mm. So 
pretty soon it's going to be you and I out there unable to <laughs> skate backwards trying right. to trying to defend. So right. I mean, you already have one of those guys in Clifton. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I saw that's, a tweet. I saw a tweet from somebody that said, "If you could bet." Connor Clifton being out of position, I would be a millionaire. Right. I know. Just bet it. Yeah. If you could great. bet it, you'd be like, Connor Clifton yeah. is going to be out of position. How many times in this game? Over oh under God. five and a half? Yeah. You'd be oh a millionaire. God. And then tonight he flips the puck in the thing for a de- delay a game. Like, yeah. Un- really unpressured. Like, come on, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just he, he lets you down. He just lets you down. I mean, he's, he is what he is. And yeah. He does that. And then he makes a great, close. a great cross grease pass to Nosek that it should have been yeah. an assist. Right. And you would have been like, oh, Connor, nice play. No. No. Yeah, that goes in. You're like, boy, great pass by Clifton. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no. yeah, it was a great pass, honestly. It was. He it put was. it in the perfect spot. It and Nosa closed his eyes because he thought yeah. he was going to crash into the goalie. Laying on his stomach on the ice. All right, time to check in on the Whipping Boys. Trent Frederick has been my whipping boy and put Freddie in. Okay, Frederick had a good run with that with that line, the numbers line or whatever you want to call it. Are we still calling it something that they're so bad now that I think the nickname just goes away. You don't have a nickname when you're bad. No, you right? don't. Uh, he takes a penalty late against the Caps, takes another bad momentum-changing penalty on the rough tonight. So that's two, two losses. Two bad Frederick penalties. It'd be interesting, again, to see how he does against playoff-caliber teams. This is what I've been saying for the last couple of weeks in the podcast. Competition matters, and the playoff teams now, can he compete? And I'm not sure he can. And he was benched after that bad penalty. And, of course, Cassidy is irate, and I would assume that Frederick will be scratched at least for the next game. Well, he, they did, they, he did catch a shift later in the game, so he did put him back out okay. there. But oh, I'm I'm wondering though if yeah, if um their injury situation will will keep them in the lineup. I don't know. Well, it, 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 it will be interesting to see though because it, you're right. It is two in a row, so he could just right. make an example of him. Move yeah. move Felino up there and put put bleed in into Felino's spot. So you you yeah. could absolutely see that happen. I think. Yeah. Uh, my whipping boy is Connor Clifton. He's been in and out of the lineup. There's basically four guys fighting for two spots. When he's been in, he's been you know, fine, except for the, the being out of position part and throwing the yeah. puck in the crowd without any pressure. <laughs> but, right. um, you know, generally he's probably on the higher end of some of the, <laughs> some of their four guys fighting for two. Mm-hmm. So, uh, especially on the right side where they're kind of, kind of barren there. If Kylo's out, they're, they're screwed. They're screwed. Screwed. Yeah. Clifton, your number, your top four, right? D. Yikes! Now you're bad. You're bad. I mean that. That's the end. I mean that. That's the end. Carlo hasn't been great all year. I mean he's been okay sometimes and bad some other times. But you lose him. That's how bad it is. Like if you lose him, you're in trouble. And if Grizzlick gets dinged up again, who knows what that injury is? Is it something that he could re-injure or nagging or you know? It's just not a good scene there. Hopefully Lindholm. Hopefully they're doing the right thing with Lindholm and holding him out long enough for he, he'll be a hundred percent or close to it as close as he can. Clifton was playing on his offside tonight, right? The left side. I think he was, yeah. Yeah, I think he was playing on the left side. Um, you know, he's a good seventh or eighth defenseman, like we've been talking about. Put him in there a couple of times. But if you're relying on him, heavy minutes in the playoffs, God bless. 
And I thought Kylo, the last couple of games, even though they lost to Washington in the game against Tampa, I thought he was he was pretty good. Like, I thought he was skating yeah. well. He made some good decisions. He was a little more physical right. than he has been. So I thought right. Kylo, before the injury, of course, had probably two of his better games of the season. And then he right. goes out. So right. hopefully nothing serious. Uh, they were looking at it on the post game and trying to guess where he may have been hurt. There was a a hit where he went in, kind of whacked his head on the glass a little bit. Hopefully oh, it's geez. nothing. It's not that because uh, that would be that's not good. No, that would be bad because he has a little bit of a concussion history. Hopefully it's nothing too serious. But if he's if he's out there in big big trouble, yeah. If Cassidy was told by the trainers that he wasn't feeling well. "Quote unquote." Cassidy thought it was more of an injury than an illness. You know, hopefully, it's just like a stomach flu. Yeah, hopefully, it's <laughs> an illness and not an injury. Yeah, hopefully, it's not. All right, time now for the beauties and benders for this week. My three beauties. Number three is Eric Holla. Eric Holla had a great pass tonight for the goal from McLaughlin. Continues to play great second line center for them, and he has really been. He has, you know, he's shown me that I was wrong because I I was really concerned about the second line center, and I think there's enough of a sample size now to think that he's not the issue. If there is an issue, if they lose, it's not because of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, Mark McLaughlin. His second goal, he already has. Uh, does he have more goals than Felino? Does Felino have one? Felino has two. Two. So he's tied with Felino. Two goals. He was in the right place at the right time. He shoots the puck better than I thought. Like, I had no idea. He's a shoot-first guy. He even said it himself in one of the interviews I saw. And he had a quick release there for the, yeah. for the goal. And, you know, if he does that, I mean, if he pots, you know, 12, 14 goals a year in the bottom six, absolutely. Run absolutely. Him off them every night. Sure. Absolutely. And then number one, I'm going to give it to Bruce Cassidy because he was as candid. He, he always is sort of candid, but he was as candid as candid could be. He was pissed off. He was calling guys out. And I think it's a good thing. And I think this is one of the things I like about him is and people are on him about his lineups and everything. Look, what can you do? He's, he's got injuries all over the place. Yeah. He's, you know, he's, he's got a lack of depth in the, on the defense. He's got bottom six guys who can't do anything. And no stick and Felino. Like, what do you want him to do? He's got no organizational depth. Like, what do you want him to do? Like, I don't, I don't get it. So, you know, I give it to to Cassidy as a beauty because I thought tonight in the post game, you know, he had some really candid comments. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. So, my three beauties. I'll start with number three, Curtis Lazar. He had a goal against Washington. Snapped a little bit of a schneid for him. I thought he was been playing really well. He set up no sick for a tap in there, but he. Uh, Nosa can't throw it in the ocean right now. So, I mean, there's that. Um, number two, Jake DeBrusque. He was great against Tampa with the goal and the assist, uh, you know, the goal early and then set up uh, Coil for the game winner. So I have DeBrusque two. And then number one, Patrice Bergeron uh, scored tonight for his 13th career 20-goal season. And uh, he is second all-time in Bruins history behind, uh, I believe, the chief or Mel Schmidt. I don't know. One of those guys. One of those. Okay. Yeah. Bergeron actually is, has his, had his ninth goal of his career in the first minute of a game, which is really? like, which is like up there. I think the, the, the leaders are like at 13 or so, okay. but he's up there in the top like 10 all time. Yeah. So early uh, goals. Yeah. Shows how consistent he's been over the years to have 13 oh God, career, yeah. 20 goal seasons and yeah. still playing, you know, unbelievable defense. He should run away with the Selkie trophy this year. And if he doesn't, it is a travesty and we should boycott the league. Absolutely. I think that that's, that would be a complete miscarriage of justice and a total screw job to him, which is what, what I, I, I don't 
understand why you would want to screw him out of that. Yeah, why would you? Why, of all guys in the league, yeah. like if it was Brad Marchand, yeah, I could see Fine, why you would it. screw him. Yeah. But Patrice Bergeron, I mean, does oh, yeah. the the guy doesn't do anything wrong? No, doesn't do anything wrong. An ambassador of the league for yeah. Christ's sake. They call him Saint Patrice for a reason. For crying Absolutely. out loud, uh, yeah. you're going to screw somebody over. Not him. No, not him at all. Bender's time. My three benders. Number three, Thomas Nosek. Face you're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. As we mentioned earlier, no- Nosek has not scored in 41 games. That's half a season. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, did not score on two tap-in opportunities today. A couple whiffs, and one of them, I don't think he saw the puck. So uh, Nosek has not uh, provided any type of offensive production beyond the first months of the season. And uh, I'm with you. I think I'd rather move on from him than Lazar myself. Number two, Brad Marchand. Face you're a neo-maxi-zoomed weeby. I just don't think that Mar- Martian's not playing great lately. I don't know. He's just, he's carrying the puck too much. He's doing what he typically does when he's not going well, trying to do too much, trying to be too cute, one-on-one, turn it over inside the blue line. There was one time tonight where he, it led to a goal, turn it over inside the blue line, didn't get back, nope. didn't back check, Bucks in the net. Like, you can't do that. And the power players struggle without Parsonak, and I blame some of it on Martian. He's going to be the guy that steps up and tries to create some offense on that power play, and he hasn't done any of it. So I, I uh, blame him for sure. And the number one, whoever that anthem singer was. Base. You're a neo-maxi-zoomed dweeby. I don't know who the hell she was. I'm sure she's a fine human being and a wonderful lady, but she cannot sing. And she almost swallowed her tongue at one point, I, I, to the point where I wasn't really paying attention, and then I didn't hear her speak anymore, and I looked at the television like, what just happened? <laughs> maybe, she she had an, maybe she had an allergic reaction. Maybe she, know, maybe. Maybe, maybe she's maybe she's allergic to singing maybe. crowd noise. <laughs> maybe. And I had to make sure that you know she wasn't you know challenged in any way or fourteen or anything like that. Right. And she wasn't, so she uh, she gets the number one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So my three benders, number three, turning the puck over at the offensive blue line. Face to a neo maxi zoom dweeby. Marcian and Coyle do it tonight. It both lead to goals for St. Louis and put the game away for them. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like I said before, they're veterans. They should know better. Cassidy let Coyle have it in the post game, mm-hmm. saying he had guys going in the net. He's got to shoot the puck there, and he doesn't want to shoot it. I think they should. I think the team, honestly, maybe next year should consider in like kangaroo court should like fine him if he doesn't get like two shots a game. Fine, they should. They should like I get them when they don't score, or if they're getting down, like in a game like tonight. I think they just try to find the perfect play. Yeah, they do. They the way blue, they, at, the Blues block shots like crazy. They I do. Mean, they were in all sorts of passing lanes and shooting lanes all over the place. So I get it, but they're trying too hard. Yeah, I mean, his legs break his legs. They they've yeah. they've overpassed for years. They try. Right. They try. They wanted the tic tac toe, the perfect, the same problem on the power play right now. Right. Shoot right. the puck. Shoot the goddamn puck. Right. Number two is injuries. Face, you're a neo-maxi-zoomed dweeby. Sadden up. Lindholm, Pasta, Grizz, Carlo. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Can't happen. Stop. Do I need yep. some kind of a, you know, reverse voodoo doll or something? I don't know what I do. I mean, we need the dark arts here or something. Like, I don't, do. I don't know what's yeah. going on. Um, but, yeah, injuries are the number two bender for me. And then number one, the Bruins power play. Face you're a neo maxi zoom dweeby. Still, I think I had him number one last week. Yep. Yep. You still, did. they were 0 for 16 on the road trip. 
So they played five games over 16. Then they came home tonight, 0 for 2. So that's 0 for their last 18. And uh, it's getting to the point where you really need somebody to, like, kick one in or something. Dude, you do. You, you, they, you do. they're overpassing so much. Like, they're trying to pass right. through people. Right. They just need to, like, Cassidy called them selfish tonight in the post game. They're, they're trying to do too much. They just need to make the plays that are there and shoot, get the puck to the net, shoot the puck, and then bang in rebounds. You're right. So they they're just, they're just over. They're trying to, they're trying to, they're all trying to do too much, and it's and it's leading to an ineffective power play, and it, and it needs to change and and quick, because if their power play isn't any good in the in the postseason, then they they'll be in trouble. Yeah, and I think that the. You know, getting the puck, we've said this from the beginning of the season with this podcast was they don't get a lot of like in tight, you know, goals anyway, but specifically on the power play, their power play goals are one timer, you know, from Pasternak or bumper one timer or that type of thing. And they don't get a lot of like in traffic rebound goals. Remember, they, there were a couple of episodes early on where we were talking about how do they ever really score rebound goals? Yeah. Like they it just don't score a lot of them. And, and they need to get back to that in the power play specifically, especially if Pasternak doesn't come back for another couple of games or gets banged up again and you miss him in some playoffs, which would be demoralizing we should we should um, talk about the uh about the rebounds again and like make that an issue because right after we did in the last time they scored a few rebound goals and we're like rebound goals. goals here we go rebound right. goals right. so rebound goals. yeah the bruins yeah. suck at rebound goals haven't scored one in a long time and mm-hmm. um yeah, so there's that you know what we should do for the injuries we should probably sacrifice donnie del negro <laughs> You probably just put him on a stake. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it is. He's been with the team 29 years. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's yeah. quite a bit of time. A long time. Maybe we could just sing Elton John's Sacrifice to him. Do you yeah, think that yeah, would count? Yes, that's what we'll do. Okay. That's what we'll do. Maybe we'll, you know what? Maybe we'll cue that up for next week. Yeah. And we'll do, if we still have some injury problems, we'll just we'll just randomly start like a couple of bars of Sacrifice <laughs> Elton John. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. All right. Top seven Bruins Benders podcast power rankings. Number seven new entry again Tampa Bay back in at 96 points number six Calgary back in it as well they won four in a row at 97 points the Rangers sneaky good year uh, they've won three in a row 100 points for the New York Rangers also 100 points for Toronto they are fourth number three Carolina 102 points Florida at number two they won seven in a row they have 108 points they surpassed 300 goals in the season there's only been five teams since the 05 lockout to score more than 300 goals in a season. Florida Panthers did that tonight. And I think they're like a plus 90 or 91 goal differential or something like that. Uh, and then number one, Colorado Avalanche, been there for a while. They won six in a row, absolute wagon, 110 points. I mean, look at that. There's, what, five teams, 100 points or more. Yeah. Calgary's going to get there pretty soon. Like, there's, you know, there's some good teams out there. All in the East. All in the East. These wow. three are not good teams. These are the <laughs> these are the bottom three. These are the Bender's power less rankings. And coming in at number thirty, the Seattle Kraken with fifty two points. Jeez, that is less than half as many as Colorado has. Less than wow. half. Fifty two. They're only th- at thirty. Uh wow. coming in at thirty one is Arizona. They have forty nine points. That's the worst 49. in the league. The Bruins have 45 wins. Yeah, they have 49 points. They're oh minus God. minus 86 gold differential. As good as the Avalanche are, plus-wise, oh. <laughs> Arizona, Yikes. minus. Wow. Uh, and then Montreal Canadiens at 32, and they have 51 points. So they are slightly better than Arizona, <laughs> wow. but still last. 
Yes, it's the last. 32. Last forever. last forever. And they stink, just like Arizona does and Seattle does. Yeah. So there you go. They're putrid. They are putrid. Hey, weekend ahead coming up for the Bruins, April 14th on Thursday night versus Ottawa. On Saturday, April 16th, it'll be versus the Pittsburgh Penguins at home. And then April 19th on Tuesday at St. Louis, so a return match with the St. Louis Blues. They have the Ottawa game, which should be a feel-good game, you would think, you would hope especially after these two losses right here, that they would come in, fire it up at home against Ottawa, a team that stinks, and just go in and pound them. And then Pittsburgh comes in. They've had success against Pittsburgh at home over the years. You know, that, that should be another one, of course, and that's St. Louis. That'll be a tough one, absolutely. And they need to get some people back to win any of those, to be honest with you. All right, uh, we did not have a Bender's poll this week. We didn't? No, we didn't have a Bender's poll. Let's let's do let's do one quick right now. Okay, right now. Okay. okay. Uh, do the Bruins miss Hampus Lindholm? Yes or no? Yes. Uh, I vote yes too. So that's two <laughs> yes votes, yep. and um, that is a hundred percent voted yes. Zero percent <laughs> voted no. <laughs> well done. There's your Bruins Bender's poll for this week. <laughs> there it is. Uh, hey, go uh, rate and review for charity. $1 to the Bruins Foundation for every rate and review on Apple or any rating on Spotify. Go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Bender's merchandise. We have those hoodies and T-shirts. And, you know, we are close to 1,000 followers on Twitter when that happens. We're going to give out some merch to a lucky fan or two, maybe. Who knows? A lucky fan or a lucky follower or two. So we're getting close to a thousand. So you want to follow us on Twitter at Bruins Benders. We're on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, (laughs) subscribe to YouTube, download the Inside the Rink app. Maybe we should do a TikTok sacrifice. (laughs) Maybe we should. (laughs) Neither one of us know how to use that platform. But yeah, let's let's do something on there. Let's 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 be bougie like Applebee's or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> let's uh, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do a viral TikTok dance, and we'll oh, wow. we'll sing Elton John. We'll sacrifice yeah. somebody, and oh, uh, we'll go viral on TikTok. And yeah, we'll put just... our, that's what we'll do. We'll put our Bruins Benders podcast gear on. We'll sing "Sacrifice" by Elton John, <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll light yes. up the internet with viral yes. sensation. Oh my god, that'll that'll be that'll viral. That'll be banging i think that's what the kids say nowadays uh yeah so that'll do it for episode 24 we appreciate you listening and we will be back at it again next week have a great week everyone go bruins thanks a lot bye-bye